Welcome to Day Zero Update for December 10th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Daniel Victoria. And yeah, we've got a big week this week. Uh, the Game Awards happened. Hmm. Uh, a bunch of stuff got announced there that uh, had a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff that had 2025 on it mm-hmm. uh, in a way that scares you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that is a year. That is about a year away. So yeah, enjoy that. Um, we also got some other news. We got the the first trailer for Grand Theft Auto Six mm-hmm. that happened. Uh, we'll talk about oh, yeah. that. Uh, we also got uh, some other stuff that got announced around the Game Awards. As there was a bunch of like supplemental streams mm-hmm. uh, tied to you know uh, Day of the Devs, uh, yep, wholesome games. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So we got some announcements out of that. And Nintendo had their one announcement on Twitter during the Game Awards show. Mm. And we'll tell you what that was because they didn't announce anything else during the show. So that's the the fun of that. But before we get to that stuff, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I'll kick it off here. I've been playing some Fortnite uh, as they've got their new season going, as well as the three big modes they have announced uh to go live here on I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this past week. And I've uh played a decent chunk of them. Uh the the new Fortnite season seems pretty solid so far. Um the the big thing is there's a train that drives around the island. So you can kind of get around that way without uh maybe arousing suspicion. Uh who knows, but uh that's kind of the one of the big things there. Um like the 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 new licensed characters part of the battle pass is Peter Griffin from Family Guy, who I guess drinks uh, some of the Fortnite Slurp juice and that makes him buff so he can fit into uh, any of the uh, like outfit stuff that they have for uh, yep. uh, that you know he has to adapt to in that game. So uh-huh. there's that, and then uh, Solid Snake. Uh, we'll be able to be unlocked uh, a little bit later, about a month or so from now. Uh, yeah. They've done a, a grave injustice to his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it has been nerfed, as the as people are saying. So, yeah, there's one issue there. But uh, other than that, uh, the new modes there's Lego Fortnite, which is uh, a fairly standard sort of survival game, mm-hmm. um, but with uh, many of the characters that you may have in your uh, your roster uh, are able to uh, play in it as Lego forms. Um, if you don't, they have a they have some generic versions of Lego characters to put in there uh, to start with. But yeah, you're kind of doing a lot of basic, you know, collecting wood and stones and that kind of stuff to make your your early house uh, and first few crafting tables and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. nothing too complicated. Kind of the uh, the thing that does kind of add a little bit to it is that the uh, they have caves that you can go into. They have a bunch of like skeletons and other creatures in them, mm-hmm. as well as uh, I presume more more stuff to mine, maybe more mm-hmm. valuable stuff. But it's very much one of those kind of survival games where you start off with the basic stuff before you get tools that let you get more advanced stuff, and then kind of keeps unlocking new things to to craft and new tables to make more stuff and kind of 
escalating kind of unlocks there. So uh, that was pretty solid, though it crashed a few times for me. Uh, mm -hmm. First time when the my first pickaxe, uh, or no, my first uh, regular axe uh, blew up, and it caused the whole game to crash. So that was a hell of a thing. Mm. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty solid. Uh, let's see, there's Rocket Racing from the uh, devs at Cyanix, sort of making a racing game uh, with uh, a little bit of Rocket Rocket League flair to it, but. Not quite uh, that much of the the can you know the the great controls of Rocket League are in that game. Uh, it's a fairly basic racing game with uh, you know boost pads on the on some of the tracks that give you a little bit of boost. But you're kind of building up a boost meter that's in three chunks. So if you fill it all the way up, you get three big boosts out of it, um, and that you can do by drifting around corners and Maybe do another stuff. The the drifting is kind of the main thing that you add to it uh, for that. So, uh, and yeah, they I guess they unlock more tracks as you rank up. Uh, based on how you finish, you get ranking points, or it fills up the rank meter. Um, a certain amount of percentage points to it. So, it's fine. It's hasn't grabbed me yet. Maybe maybe it will, but. It's kind of it's got its own bugginess to it as I've had the uh the post game screen sort of tallying up, you know, your progress points for the next rank kind of just bug out nuts and you'll have like an infinite load or something like that. Uh things like that that are kind of annoying. Uh that caused me to just kind of bop out back to the lobby and kind of reload back into it. Yeah. Uh that kind of stuff. So that's been a little bit annoying there. And the last one that they just put up yesterday is Fortnite Festival uh, from Harmonix. That is basically them making a form of rock band in this game. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you don't have the instruments to actually play for that. Uh, so it's kind of more in line with like your your typical uh, kind of Japanese or Korean uh, rhythm game. Uh, where yeah. you're, uh, at least on the basic controls that it starts with. Uh, using left and right on the D-pad and the square and circle on the uh, the PlayStation controller for your four uh, four columns mm -hmm. on the highway that uh, are coming down. And they do have a mechanic for lifting up. Uh, that's a, a weird mechanic. I don't think you have to do it, but mm -hmm. I haven't played it enough to know for sure. But I think that was uh, something that's appeared... A, been playing on easy difficulty just to get used to the controls and all that. Um, mm -hmm. And that's popped up sometimes. I've not engaged with it and it still hasn't like, hasn't like broken my combo mm. uh, with that. So that seems like it's an okay thing to ignore unless you want to get extra points. But uh, the, uh, the song selection's not great right now. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's going to balloon up at a certain point or if it's going to have stuff popping in and out but uh the the majority of the songs in there are the weekend songs mm. i think it's four in there from just him uh there's a, a olivia rodrigo song uh what else there's like one republic there's an imagine dragon song uh then there's i think a kendrick lamar song in there mm. and they all have four different 
instruments that can be played. Generally, it's vocals, lead guitar, bass guitar, and drums. Some of them swap them out for uh, guitar kind of yeah. thing. Um, and so, yeah, you kind of had the the general differences you expect from that. It's a lot of chords on a guitar versus playing single notes on a bass. And drums have a lot of repetitive uh, notes coming at you over and over again. Uh, I haven't played vocals yet because it just hasn't been one of the quests to uh, encourage me to do that. But you're playing, you get five stars. You're trying to get five stars. You can play with uh, a group if you want. Uh, from what I've heard, there's problems where people are griefing by just quitting out. And then mm. you can't get the... There's solo points and then there's band points or solo stars and band stars. And if one person quits, you can't get band stars. Even if you have, you know, three other people with you, uh, that seems like a a bit of an issue there Mm -hmm. that they'll probably have to address the, uh, they do run you through uh, some latency stuff to kind of make that feel as good as possible. Though I did that seem pretty good but the the general control of the game's a little bit uh just different than i'm used to from your typical rock band guitar hero kind of stuff uh so that was kind of just a a weird thing you can end your combo by accidentally hitting the wrong button uh even if you're not missing uh a note Mm. out of that so that's kind of annoying um and the the uh, the the ultimates that you can use uh, that you kind of build up as you go um, that doubles your your multiplier for a yeah. bit uh, that can cancel out notes to force you to end a combo if you yeah. use it at the wrong time that seems like a a bug or something uh, that needs to be fixed because uh, otherwise you have to like wait for there to be like a certain amount of space. Uh, before yeah. the next note, or else you're just gonna end your combo and negate the the whole reason you want to use it to, yeah. you know, double your max combo uh, multiplier yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, um, you can pick uh, set lists up to four songs, so you can yeah. pick any of them. Uh, I don't know if you can pick the same song over and over again, but once you finish a song, you can just redo it if you mess it up enough and want to just try it again. Um, and it lets you, uh, it generally can let you swap instruments or difficulties between songs, uh, but that might be something you have to uh, specifically uh, click on before you start the next song mm. kind of thing. And it's, it doesn't have any of the flexibility that like Rock Band 3 or 4 did for changing that stuff mid-song uh, or anything like that, so... That seems like a neat one. Uh, they do have another alternate mode called Jam Session, mm. which is you kind of just hanging out in this little social area mm. where you pick one of the uh, songs you have unlocked, uh, which are sort of original epic songs that you're kind of just playing loops uh, and you go into stages with other players and they pull loops from the songs they have and on their instruments uh, kind of thing, and you're just like doing this weird jam thing of just letting it sit for some reason. There's this weird, like corny, you know, Cotton Eye Joe kind of song mm-hmm. that they have in there. Uh, that this one dude was just doing the vocals for that while everybody else was playing other stuff. Do you like mess with the tempo of the song and the, uh, you know, the the 
the the chords are playing that kind of stuff uh that's pretty weird but uh that's just kind of a weird whole thing i don't know what the other point of that whole thing is other than just hanging out and messing around but yeah it's it's just weird like the only quest for that is just being there for like 5 10 15 20 minutes that kind of thing no real accomplishments but that's uh that's a weird thing to have so yeah that's the that's all the fortnite stuff so some pretty neat stuff there uh nothing that's like amazing but hey, it's a way that you can do more stuff in that game uh that people may not necessarily have known about uh the weird thing is that they've been putting putting those different modes out as like what looks like a different game on uh on the storefronts but when you purchase it it's just like Oh, you can play this because it's just Fortnite. It's just a new link for Fortnite. Um, oh. I'm guessing for the the average person that doesn't realize that stuff is in there. Uh, maybe just want to play one thing. Uh, oh. It doesn't let you just play that one thing. It just downloads Fortnite for you to go access it. But yeah, that's a that's a weird little thing. So, oh. uh, but yeah, uh, the other thing I'm playing it's part of the PS Plus monthly stuff. I started up Lego 2K Drive. Uh, that was frustrating at first because it, uh, because it's a Lego thing. They want you to link a 2K account to it, mm-hmm. uh, which I was surprised I didn't have that already. But uh, I went in and I uh, was trying to figure that out. I think I thought I linked my PSN account to the 2K account that I had, but when I did that, uh, the linking stuff decided just stopped working. Uh, on the the web page, it would just say, you know, authorization failed mm. over and over again. Uh, just getting frustrated at this stupid thing not working. So I tried out the the next thing I thought of, which was just create a new account and then link it to my PSN account. And that seemed to work. That's real dumb that that is the solution, but that's what I had to do. But uh, I got mm. into that, and that game is... You know, basically Lego Forza Horizon. Essentially, it has uh, some weirdness to it. So it has different vehicles for when you're off-road and when you're in water. So it swaps to, you know, like a a little ATV when you're off the road and uh, into a boat when you're in the water. Um, And so that's kind of the the weird thing, especially when you're going off-road with cars and all that. And I've feel like there may be an option, maybe not, I don't know, mm. of just staying in the car, at least outside of water. But that's it's just kind of a weird thing to kind of constantly swap, especially if you just take the littlest uh, drift off of the road kind of thing. Mm. It just creates a weird visual thing to it. But yeah, they're just running you through races and little challenges. Uh, you know, like get to the end of this whirling uh you know ramp thing and that'll you know give you time challenges for that kind of stuff nothing really too complicated so far and it's got uh, uh the main race is kind of mario kart aspect to it as you have the uh, the question mark blocks that throw in special abilities that kind of stuff uh some pretty basic stuff so mm. yeah it's it's not bad it's just not amazing i don't think and uh but they do let you kind of create vehicles uh, as well as you know you unlock uh vehicles as you play uh that kind of stuff they have a weird thing where you can build a vehicle for an extra 
Lego piece you can unlock to put in your own build. So you have to like specifically swap between the the pieces in a step and sort of place it in the uh, on the the model you're building, and that's that's neat, but it's very tedious for just uh, such a minor unlock. It's like, oh, here's a here's a brown piece I can use now. Cool, uh, that kind of stuff. Especially when they pride themselves on having like easy ability to change colors of the vehicles and that kind of stuff over, you know, the, the way that that stuff works in Forza Horizon. So that's all right. Maybe a little play a little more, but uh, that's maybe a, a decent enough, uh, you know, chunk of that to play. Uh, yeah. The last thing I've been playing a good bit of is more Dredge. It is stream playing the DLC, The Pale Reach, uh, which adds a new landmass to the south of the the islands you've had in the, the main game. That is sort of an island or an icy area. Oh. So that adds a need for a new class of uh, equipment to use. Uh, they have an ice modifier to them to be able to deal with that versus, you know, shallow coastal uh, Hadal and some of the other like depths of fish and creatures you could catch. Uh, this one adds icy to that, as well as uh, if you're doing the the story quest, uh, you get to unlock an you know a, an icebreaker thing to put on the front of your boat because you got some chunks of ice blocking off certain passages. So that's a way to break that stuff. And uh, I forget what the uh, yeah you get like nets and rods that can deal with icy fish uh, for that. So there's a new class of uh, fish to unlock mm-hmm. in that game as well as a new creature that is like a if you merged a narwhal and a walrus and made it an evil monster that can chase you around this area so you have to uh, be very careful when you're going around and uh, if you have enough fish there's an area where you can plop uh, a bunch of it down to fill up this this uh, square and that'll uh, feed the uh, the narwhal as they call it, uh, and it'll you know screw off for a while. I think about a full day uh, for that. So that's a neat area. It's not too long. It took me about two hours in a stream to beat the the main quest, uh, but there are trophies for unlocking all the fish and uh, getting some of the the other secret stuff that's in there. So still a bit more to it, but. Pretty good for the for the six bucks that that DLC costs. If you want some more dredge, so that's been pretty much it for me. So, Brandon, what have you been doing? Well, um, I finally bit the bullet and I went and bought a copy of Super Mario RPG uh, for my Switch. Uh, well, I downloaded it instead of getting a hard copy. Um, and I gotta tell you, uh, the moment that game started up, and I was just it was like I was back in like second grade playing this game again because, you know, this this game holds a special place in my heart for the fact that it was the first RPG I not only played and understood, but also the first one I actually finished. Um, yeah, one of the things you got to remember about RPGs, especially for newcomers, is they can be a very esoteric sort of genre for people who are just starting out with them. And part of what made Super Mario RPG so particularly um, 
fun to play for a newcomer like me was that they made a lot of uh, changes to RPG gameplay in ways that were streamlined and made it simpler. The biggest difference being the fact that you know, all of your essential functions during battle are all assigned to buttons instead of, you know, going through, like, a list you have to scroll through. Um, and making, you know, the mechanics a lot easier to understand. Um, also, just a simple fact that it's it's a very charming game with a very charming story. It's not a long game by any stretch of the imagination, although I will say... Um, um, if when you're a kid, that game feels longer than it actually is because your imagination kind of fills out all the all the blanks in your head. Um, but also the fact that this was the first game that actually let you play, you know, like the first game since Super Mario World Two, um, Super Mario, you know, Super Mario Brothers Two, that let you play as Peach in any capacity. Um, where she's like actually part of the party, she attacks, she has spells, she's primarily the, the, the group's healer, the paladin, or whatever you want to call them. Um, and it's really kind of cool. Um, the thing I love about this remake um, is, other than the fact that, you know, they managed to basically rebuild the entire game from scratch, but keeping it true to the original art direction of the original game, um, where it's like a fully 3D realized environment that's isometric instead of, you know, pixeled characters on a, you know, a pre-rendered background, um, is the fact that they actually built on the foundation of the original and actually managed to improve the gameplay a good deal. Um, for one thing, there's a new function where if you manage to time your attacks right, you won't just, you know, have like a perfect attack, you know, that'll be stronger than just normal one, but it'll also, like, radiate out, and, like, it'll hurt, like, other enemies on, you know, in battle. Um, there's also, like, new functions like, uh, the, uh, weakness function. Characters in this game actually have, like, a weakness now that you can exploit and knock them out for a couple of turns. This is especially helpful on some of the boss uh, fights because some of those later boss fights are notoriously difficult for a game that's supposedly supposed to be kind of easy. Um, there's also the uh, the um, there's like a new function that will let you, among other things, it'll let you like uh, it, it's basically it's by hitting you know the minus button <coughs> when you've got like this meter filled up 100 and it'll either like let you bring Toad in who will like help you have like an additional sort of helpful item that'll like, you know, rebuild, you know, redo your health, re re-give Mario's health or make his attack stronger or whatever like that. Um, there's also the group attacks and the group attacks all change depending on who's in your party at any given time. Um, and, uh, Let's see what else. There's also they included a uh, auto save feature, which for those of you who played the original, you will remember that there were occasions in that game where you wished you had saved earlier and didn't realize it. Um, and then, of course, there's also they have a fast travel feature as well now, so you don't necessarily have to, you know, trawl all the way back to the beginning of a particular area in in, in order to get back to the map. Um, 
And also, of course, you know, they have fully realized cutscenes now instead of having it all happening in the RP in the RPG uh, worlds, which I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. On the one hand, the cutscenes are great and really gorgeous, and they help sort of express some of the stuff that isn't entirely as clear first time around. But at the same time, the original was pretty charming on its own. Um, but yeah. A lot of fun. Um, highly recommend it. If it's your first time playing this game, or if it's you know going back to re get a new thing, one hundred percent worth playing. Um, yeah, and I'm hoping this will be like the point where you know they'll actually, you know, Gino will start making a reappearance in the Mario world because. He pretty much only appeared in this one and then disappeared forever afterwards. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, maybe this will be sort of the beginning of them bringing him back into the fold. Uh, but yeah. other than that... Just, 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 just real quick, Brandon, on, on the topic of Gino. Like, obviously, like, he's gotten really, really popular as of late, not only because of the popularity of Super Mario RPG, but because, you know, we saw him in, like, uh, assist trophies and Super Smash Brothers and things like that. But yeah. so after... Um, after finally beating this game a couple of weeks ago, and mind you, when I say beat it, all I did was roll credits. I didn't, I didn't do any of the um, uh, post-game stuff yet. And to be honest, I don't really understand why Gino is so beloved. Is that because I have to do the post-game stuff, or is it just people just being just just loving it? Uh, if you grew up with this game, you basically fall in love with Gino. Part of it is that he's like one of the super powerful members of the party. Mm-hmm. Um. He he has the one, he's the one character with the one attack in the game that if you uh, time it just right, you can get 9,999 hit points oh, out wow. of it. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Can't do it to bosses, but you can do it yeah. to regular characters, to regular enemies. Also, it's kind of like, he's kind of got, also it's because he kind of has like this sort of Pinocchio slash Astro Boy thing going. Yeah, yeah, I figured that was one of the main things as well. Yeah. Um, also, it's just the fact that, you know, he was, uh, you know, uh, he is the sort of the way he, the game ends. You know, he, he comes in, he's like a star possessing a toy doll, and then he has to go back afterwards, and it's kind of bittersweet. Um, also, just because he's, you know, his design is kind of neat, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. His, his design is totally awesome. I, I just think for me, like, after, like, you know, beating the game once, it didn't feel like his story was really... Like it, it didn't feel like he had much closure, and that might be because, like I said, I I, I didn't I didn't do the post game, so no, yeah. no, that, that that's kind of the other reason is the fact that yeah, his story doesn't really have much closure, which like yeah, brings it, up like the whole thing like he could definitely come back at some point, and yet they've never they've ne- other than like cameo stuff, they've never done anything else with him. Okay, so. because like I'm 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 talking in the sense of like comparing him to Mallow. Like you know, mm. Mallow ended up being like you know this huge prince, and I'm like, oh, this is this is this is crazy. And then you know, with with, with Gino, it's like, oh, he's a toy. So yeah, and weirdly enough, like yeah, they've never done anything else with Mallow either. Um, Got it. Which you know, you know, but one of the things that made Super Mario RPG seem so cool back in the day was the fact that it was basically the first Mario game where it seemed to have like a coherent universe with like world building and everything, which you know exactly. didn't exist yeah. in previous I mean, ones. Like, I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and you you went ahead and touched upon it with like you know the first time you're using Peach, but it really gave a lot of the Mario characters 
attitude that we didn't know existed before or we didn't yeah. know but you know th- it was really square that really just gave it you know the the, the character that it really needed and all of, all of a sudden you know that the, the characters are, are 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 way more important than we've ever imagined and that that's why you have all these you know the all the lasting appeal even with with, with, with the minor folks so it's pretty mm-hmm. cool to see and then the other thing that i wanted to mention is that you mentioned that uh jrpgs in that era were pretty esoteric and it was really super mario rpg that changed that and like i definitely agree there because like if if you were to look at you know the old stats games like chrono trigger final fantasy 6 or rather i believe it was 3 uh when in its original u.s release like they actually didn't sell well and no um, it wasn't until like you know the playstation really put them all over but super mario rpg really was for all intents and purposes baby's first rpg before pokemon happened because of this game, I was able to play Final Fantasy VII. I will put it that way. Uh, this game taught me all the basic RPG mechanics, and I was able to, you know, interpret that with Final Fantasy VII. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, other than that, uh, I'm also still playing uh, Thirsty Suitors. Uh, I actually almost finished with it. Um and I, I will reiterate what I have said before. Uh, do not play that game on an empty stomach because you will really be ha- hankering for some Indian food. Um, that that sort of cooking mechanic that the game uses is like a really neat way of looking into like basically South Asian culture in general because you don't just cook Indian recipes. You also cook like Sri Lankan because, you know, the character you play, her dad is a Sri Lankan uh, immigrant. And... Um, other thing it does is it really sort of puts into you the idea, the whole idea of like, yeah, uh, you know, being a South, a- being the child of South Asian immigrants can be a lot of pressure. Because, uh, yeah, the, 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 that whole stereotype about, you know, South Asian parents being really hard on their kids. Uh, not entirely a stereotype, apparently. Um but it also has a lot to do with, like, queer identity and stuff like that. I'm at the point now where, like, they're getting ready. Like, um, her grandmother is coming over from, I think it's Tamil, to see their, you know, her older sister's wedding. And, like, her mother is freaking out because she hasn't seen her grandmother in, 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 uh, in person in a while. And she's, like, famously very controlling and perfectionist and like nothing is ever good enough or that kind of thing. But, um, so yeah, that game, if you, if you've got a, you know, game pass, give it a shot. It's not a long game, but it is a lot of fun. Um, and the other game I'm playing kind of a, kind of a dark horse here, but definitely one I would recommend. It's called gadget past is future. Um, and this game has a weird bit of, uh, piece in uh, gaming history. What it basically is, is it's on the surface, it's like a point and click type game like Myst, but it's much more linear and has a fixed ending. So it's more like a visual novel that you heavily interact with, more of an adventure game. Think like something Hideo Kojima would have made back when he was, you know, working on the Saturn. Um, something like that. But Basically, the story is, is you're this guy who is a, who is like an agent for a government in this uh, vaguely Eastern European type country that's uh, run by this dictator. And you're essentially trying to get involved. You're like a, you're working for like, I guess, like their secret police or whatever. 
um, and you're essentially a spy. And what you're trying to do is you have been assigned by this country's government to interview the members of these seven individuals who have discovered a, a type of um, technology that allows them to uh, – it's kind of it's kind of hard to describe, but essentially it allows them to it essentially allows them to control uh, some form of mind control, um, because they, that's they were essentially assigned to create a mind control device. But as they were doing it, they spotted a comet that was approaching Earth along with what looked like an enormous spaceship shortly behind it, and so. They ended up hacking into the machine and used it so that it would obey the will instead of uh, the dictator, Paolo Orlovsky. It obeys the will of the guy who was the head of this research team. His name was Horse Lover Frost. Um, and so what you're doing is most of the game is you going through these interconnected train stations. The trains are like a big part of this game's imagery. There's going into trains, exploring train cars, exploring the stations, going from one train to another. And you're essentially having conversations with these various people, all of them who were involved in some way or other with this, um, with this, uh, this project, whatever it is. Um, and you're trying to, uh, and it, what happened? What's really neat about this game, other than is uh, among other things, is the art direction. Um, it's got this real, like, sort of diesel punk esque direction that's also like heavily inspired by like 1984. Um, it's and then the character models, because you know this game was like made back. I think it was the original was released in 1993, and then there was a remake that came out in '98, um, which is the version I'm playing. Um, they all have this sort of vaguely zombie-like appearance to them, like almost unblinking. And it's very off-putting. And the thing is that this game in general is extremely off-putting. There's this real, like, sort of paranoid feel to it. Like, you feel like you're always being watched. Um, and it's just, it's it's really fascinating. Um, um, part of what makes this game... Neat. Other than the fact that it's just a, a, a really unique experience that I'm going through right now, is also the fact that this game is weirdly has this weird sort of stepping stone story to what would eventually become the Half Life series. One of when this game came out, it ended up uh, having a, a bit of like media tie-in stuff to sort of both to expand upon the plot, um, and one of them was actually a novel. Third Force, a novel of Gadget, and it was written by Mark Laidlaw. Um, it was literally like the first video game related uh, project he ever put through, because up to that point, he'd been a, uh, a published novelist. He put out like, I think, six or seven books by that point. Um, and the he, he basically fell in love with this game, and when he eventually went over to Valve, um, the people at Valve, when they started uh, working on the first Half-Life and what would eventually be Half-Life 2, he's basically said that a lot of the appearance of, especially like in uh, Half-Life 2, where it's all kind of looks like a, like you're in like a vaguely, Eastern, like a post-Soviet Eastern European sort of wasteland, 
was heavily inspired by the stuff that he saw in Gadget. Um, the G-Man is heavily inspired by like one of the guys you see in here. Uh, Alex is also inspired by a character you come in contact with. And the Combine are, you know, their sort of overlooking imagery is heavily inspired by like the Orblowski regime. It's it's a fascinating bit of uh, of um, gaming history. Um, and if you're, you know, it's not, it's it's a it, it's not it's very dated, um, and it's obviously dated, but it's it's still a fascinating experience nonetheless. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. So what about you, Dan? Yeah, so it's been a, a couple of weeks since I've done the show. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I finished um, Final Fantasy sixteen, uh, and when I say I finished, I I, I rolled the credits. Um, but yeah, I actually did like do most of the stuff there is to do in the game. Um, as I mentioned before, like there's a, a lot of side quests in the game, and they kind of, while they uh, aren't really hard to do, they kind of deter you from um, the actual like uh, plot of the game. But then when you get towards the end and the last two chapters, they're actually um, a lot more dense in the sense of just there's just so many. Um, when you first get a side quest in the game, there's like maybe two or three to do. But then as you get towards the end, there were like seven, eight side quests to do per chapter. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're really just putting it all in the back end here. And um, while they do seem like a chore at times, um, a lot of times you're also seeing uh, the character arcs really pay off. Like as far as uh, Clive's relationship with characters like Jill and other characters, um, they, they, they really do... Uh, flesh out and you really see the importance uh of you know the main character in the game like uh final fantasy 16 is um, is definitely going to uh, draw a lot of comparisons to game of thrones and um you know the character of clive is also going to draw comparisons to Jon snow like um just because of the way he's estranged with his family and things like that so you know especially going to the game awards and seeing all the hype for ben star was really really easy to cheer for um, but yeah, like the, the end of the game was was great. Um, it's interesting seeing uh, Clive use all the powers that he's uh, gotten to, to to get towards to to get to the end. And like I beat it at just the right time because you know as we'll talk about later, uh, there was some DLC that uh, dropped that I haven't played that yet. So I hope to uh, get into that soon. Um, as far as what else what else I've been playing, I've been playing a, a little bit of Cocoon, uh, but I've only played about twenty minutes of it, so I don't really have much to say about it other than the fact that the art style is. Pretty cool for a you know isometric puzzler and like the the puzzles um you know they, they just start they're, they're, there's really like no way for you to learn them other than like just playing and I really like that aspect of it it's not one of those games where you can just know what to do immediately you really have to just explore and know what you can do and then go from there and um, it's really shaping up to be something cool um, I was a little disappointed to see that Black Friday didn't have as many sales as I wanted and then the Game Awards sales didn't really uh, impacts me either because I really wanted to play games like you know Mortal Kombat One or Baldur's Gate, but the, just the, the the sales weren't there. They were there for Mortal Kombat One, but you know not to my liking. And then you know games like Baldur's Gate, Alan Wake Two, we didn't see, which is sort of sort of unfortunate because normally at this time we see uh, we see them be a little bit more aggressive. But you know I guess it is what it is with uh, with gaming these days. But um, as far as what I've been playing, that's been it. Um, I was at the Game Awards in person, but I'll go ahead and save it for that story when we get there. All right, so yeah, let's get to some news here. Uh, first up, uh, the the Nintendo news at the Game Awards was not actually at the Game Awards. They announced it on their Twitter account uh, that they have three new games for the, the, the Nintendo Switch Online 
plus expansion pack and 64 app. Uh, three new games, 1080 Snowboarding, Harvest Moon 64, and Jet Force Gemini. Uh, we knew Jet Force Gemini was coming uh, to the the app, but not the other two. Uh, so, yeah, people got a nice little surprise there uh, for that. So, yeah, something to check out for your N64 app. And uh, then let's see uh, what else here. Oh, yeah, Atari updated the Atari 50, the anniversary collection uh, that came out a year and change ago. Uh, they added 12 new games to this, a uh, few uh, actual games, some homebrew, fan-made sort of sequel stuff, and uh, a prototype of a game that was thought to be lost. Here uh, they added Adventure 2, which is a homebrew game uh, that's, you know, Involves things a little bit for that uh, original game. For a sequel, there's Bowling, uh, which is a very basic bowling game uh, for that. So there's that. There's Double Dunk, a basketball game. Maze Craze, which I believe is just a, a maze game you're just walking through mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, there's Miniature Golf, uh, a little miniature golf thing for you know what uh, the Atari could, or devs uh, with the Atari could do at that point. Uh, Moto Rodeo, which I believe is like a, a rodeo game with cars. I forget what that one was. They uh, posted some emoji hints at some of the stuff they were doing. I think that was the one that had cars and horses on it. So there's that. Uh, prototypes for Aquaventure, uh, which is a, a follow-up to... I forget what the uh, the game was, but uh, that's, uh, I think, a more action-adventure kind of game. Uh, Save Mary, uh, which I'm not 100% sure what that one is. Uh, let's see. Just going to check real quick. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's a game where there's a person hanging out in like a lake. that's stranded, and you're dropping, I think, like materials or something to allow them to get out. I'm trying to fill up to let them out. So there's that. Uh, Super Football 2600. Yeah, that's a, a football game. Return to Haunted House is a homebrew sequel to Haunted House uh, for that. And then Circus Atari, which is kind of breakout, but uh, a little bit different as you're controlling a uh, like seesaw that these clowns are jumping onto to knock the other one up into the, to the air. I think that's the game, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, yeah, that's the one. And then... The, the last one's Warbirds for the Lynx, which was a game that uh, was supposed to be in the original collection as part of the, the Lynx stuff, but I think they had some snafu at the last minute kind of prevent it. Uh, so luckily they got it back into there. It's like a first-person combat flight sim kind of game. Uh, pretty neat to get something like that onto a, a Lynx, but probably not a great game. But yeah, they... They're planning to add more stuff in the future, but uh, that'll be interesting to see what else kind of stuff they add into there. But that's cool. That's up. That update's up now, so you can check out more of those games uh, for that. So, yeah, there you go. And then uh, let's see here. Coming out this week on Friday, or no, this will be next Monday, uh, Vampire Survivors has a new DLC coming that is Among Us mm-hmm. themed. Of course. Called Emergency Meeting. Because those little astronaut bastards will show. Yeah, and 
uh, Vampire Survivors, Punkle loves to add weird stuff to their game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, they add nine new characters, sort of uh, a bunch of different crewmates, uh, also a horse. So I guess that's a character in Among Us at some point. Yeah. Uh, so that's a thing. Uh, 15 new weapons, uh, a new stage, mm-hmm. yeah, a, rec- a replica of the scientific base on Polis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's got weird stuff happening on it, as well as some new music. Uh, so that'll be on sale here next Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, for Xbox and PC, Switch and I think mobile are going to be a little bit later uh, mm-hmm. for that. So people on those platforms will have to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I believe they added a, a recent update. They added like a a story mode to the game, mm-hmm. a campaign to the game that probably isn't what you would expect out of it, but mm-hmm. I've heard some decent stuff about that. So yeah, there you go for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this got announced in one of the showcases around the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember Open Roads, uh, the new game that... Uh, uh, what was it? Fulbright was working on that was announced a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Has been kind of uh, a not great state. They kind of restarted at a certain mm-hmm. point, uh, and then uh, had to uh, deal with Steve Gaynor, the co-founder of Fulbright, as he was accused of cultivating a hostile work environment, mm-hmm. and have to uh, step back from that role. Uh, as a creative lead on the game mm. uh, to work as more, I don't know, separate from everybody else. Uh, okay, yeah, this, yeah, this game got fully pulled from Fulbright, so uh, a small team of developers working at Annapurna Active, uh, yeah, going by the name now of Open Roads Team, uh, has finally finished the game, or almost finished the game, they announced a date of February 22nd, uh, which I believe is shared by at least one major game uh, that's coming out that month. I don't I, I don't know why anybody's announcing games for February at this point, especially if you're trying to sell anything, but uh, there you go. That's uh, supposedly going to be out February 22nd, so that's great that the they finally got that game done. Because uh, it seemed like a very neat game that people were looking forward to, uh, especially with a uh, Carrie Russell and Caitlin Endeavor uh, on the uh, the the cast of it as the two main leads. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, that'll be out on consoles and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC. So it'll be nice to see that game uh, actually come out. So there you go. That's uh, one game to look out for in February amongst dozens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, the... luck... Luckily, those games are normally short, so we should have room for it. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, see here. Also got announced during one of the showcases, I think this was Day of the Devs, uh, Digital Eclipse announced their next uh, entry in the Gold Master series. Mm-hmm. Of which the making of Karataka was the the entry that came out earlier this year. Yeah, and they announced uh, a thing that I thought was going to happen for one of these uh, Llama Soft, the Jeff Minter story. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they are finally taking on uh, one of the more prolific British creators mm. that you may not be familiar with. Uh, if you've listened to this show, you know I talk about Jeff Minter a good bit because uh, he is uh, a very interesting British creator. Did a lot of work on uh, the uh, Atari and uh, all the weird, uh, you know, European PC platforms, uh, that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, were not so common over here in the West in the, in the, in the North America, uh, that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting whole thing here. Um, try to see if I can get to the, uh, the devs, uh, list of all the games in here. Because the the cool thing they did is that part of the uh, there's 42 games, eight platforms uh, amongst all of this. Uh, let's see, I think I can get it from here. Mm. Yeah, there we go. Uh, one of the platforms is a platform that he made. He was working on a game for that never came out. The Conix mm-hmm. Multi System, K O N I X Multi System. That's uh, from everything I saw of it, the pictures, it looked like a kind of a steering wheel based system. Uh, that's uh, yeah, canceled video game system under development by Konix, a British manufacturer of computer peripherals. Yeah, it was uh, tended to build on the success of the company's range of joysticks as like a, a wheel that you could use to play games. Yeah. And yeah, it could could be configured with a steering wheel, flight yoke, and motorbike handles. Uh, so that was kind of a a weird project there that never saw the light of day, but they managed to emulate it for this for amongst a range of games here on the let's see the Sinclair ZX81, Commodore VIC-20, Commodore 64, Sinclair Spectrum, Atari 8-bit. Uh, that was their I think their first of their PC platforms. Uh, the Atari ST, which I think was their next one after that, the Atari Jaguar, mm-hmm. which is just Tempest 2000, the probably the defining Atari Jaguar game. Mm-hmm. And the the game they're reimagining is Grid Runner mm-hmm. uh, for a new generation. There is a there's a Grid Runner that came out on Steam like ten years ago that is full Jeff Minter of obnoxious visual stuff shooting mm-hmm. all over the screen, that kind of stuff, but. Mm-hmm. This would be more subdued era of Jeff Minter stuff because those platforms could not handle yeah. what he does these days. But yeah, a lot of his games of that era were clones of Atari games and such games he liked. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh hey, I like this Empire Strikes Back game." Mm-hmm. Uh, turns it into Attack of the Mutant Camels. Mm-hmm. Turns the turns the uh, uh, the ATATs into camels. That's mm-hmm. how he gets around it that kind of stuff, you know, makes a lot of games inspired by other stuff. You'll definitely see that in a lot of these games mm-hmm. that makes for uh, some, some fun and wild stuff and just has a, a visual style to him that you didn't see very often at that time. So mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Uh, they'll have, you know, all the uh, uh, story stuff, all the interviews and videos and, uh, extra materials and all that kind of stuff. So that should be mm-hmm. a lot of fun uh, playing a lot of these games. So, yeah, 
that's uh gonna be a fun time so mm-hmm. looking forward to that they don't have a date on this it's probably sometime early next year i'm guessing uh but we'll see it mm-hmm. should be on everything all the consoles and pc uh so yeah there you go Lumasoft, the jeff mitter story mm-hmm. and then the last news story here we have before the we start going to the game awards is the yep. grand theft auto 6 trailer got yep uh, leaked first before they just put it out. Uh, yep. Uh, like a crummy version of it got out there of somebody like mm-hmm. filming a screen uh, with the trailer playing on it that uh, went up early. And then, yeah, they just said, like, all right, whatever. We'll just put it up uh, Monday, mm-hmm. uh, a day early. So I ended up watching it the next day because I was working all day Yeah, on Monday. So I was just like, ah, oh, whatever. Mm. Uh, it was very much a Grand Theft Auto trailer. A lot of weird stuff happening in it. Yep. Uh, just constant cuts of uh, different bits mm-hmm. uh, to encourage people to, you know, uh, skim through it and see what they can find, which included yep. just a lot of, like, random, like, Instagram or TikTok-style videos of, you know, weird stuff happening in Florida because it seems like that's a lot of the, yeah. the humor. is like, oh, man, have you heard about the Florida Man stuff? Yeah, I mean, the game... The game turning the so it's definitely supposed to be south florida and uh yeah i watched the trailer i was like yep that's definitely south florida <laughs> yeah like they barely had to do, do any kind of exaggeration or anything to it it's straight up south florida <laughs> yeah uh very much doing the the thing that we all expected with the vice city setting just being like man florida man right mm-hmm. yeah dude florida <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like the the cool thing about that is, like, obviously, you know, Florida in and of itself is a meme. So the fact that you have a whole bunch of Grand Theft Auto stuff going on here, like, yeah, it's very Rockstar, it's very Grand Theft Auto, but at the same time, it's stereotypically very Florida. So it totally yeah. works on brand here, and it's hilarious that uh, it's it's going about it that way. And, you know, like, when I, when I watch the trailer, yeah, it is very much GTA, but it's also a series that... Um, you know, I like it for what it is. Um, it's not mm-hmm. one that, you know, I, I totally, like, you know, go crazy for. Like, I enjoy the Grand Theft Auto games, but I, mm-hmm. I haven't beaten a single one. And, yeah. you know, part of it is because just there's just so much to do, and it's, re- it's really overwhelming. But, you know, aside from that, like, out of this trailer, like, I, I, I don't think it was, like, as, as, as amazing as people made it out to be. But um, uh, for, from, that, from that perspective, like, the, the, the lighting looked great. And things like that, but I I wasn't as wowed or as amazed by, um, by the trailer at all. Like the the the, the seventy four million views in like you know one day is uh, totally crazy. But yeah, like I I wasn't blown away, but I I definitely do do see myself having fun with it. And you know, part of it is also like I don't have the nostalgia for Vice City as a lot of people do because they 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 played the PS two version. But I'm sure it'll be a fun title regardless. And you know, I have my thoughts about it leaking as well, which is you know. A, a, a separate thing it's it's really unfortunate like there were a whole bunch of uh tweets from uh people that work at rockstar and developers of the game saying you know they had a lot of really cool stuff planned especially for the staff to celebrate it and yeah it's really like crappy that they don't get to do that and uh feel for them yeah uh sucks for the devs but it's not gonna affect the game at all in any way uh it'll still do just fine. You don't have to feel bad for the corporation behind all this because uh, it doesn't affect any of the the early narrative for that game at this point. Uh, 
but yeah, um, watching this, I was just kind of hoping to, I don't see something, uh, interesting. And it just kind of felt like a lot of very basic, uh, Florida jokes kind of stuff that, uh, is fine, but you know, this is also just a, a very quick teaser mm-hmm. of things to expect out of this game. Yeah, because remember, this game isn't coming out until until 2025, so... Yeah. So we're going to have uh, ways to go for that. Also, as far as, like, the plot is concerned, um, we're basically, you know, like, it had, he'd already known from, like, the leaks that this was going to be a kind of Bonnie and Clyde-type deal, um, where you're playing Lucia and her boyfriend. Uh, and, you know, that was cool, because, um, you know, we've never played a female protagonist in GTA before. Um, and of course, all the usual suspects lost their damn minds. <laughs> yeah. Because they're clout chasers and they have to. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think where it's not going to affect anything because you've been able to play, uh, GTA Online with a female character forever. Yeah. And it's like, no, you didn't lose your minds on that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. We're just at a point where we just don't know much about this game still. Because mm-hmm. uh, all we're seeing here is uh, random like social media stuff, uh, a few brief you know, shots of beaches and such, uh, things mm-hmm. going on in the city. And you get a little bit of the characters just hanging out in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just like, okay, sure. Uh, but still don't know like what gameplay stuff is going to evolve or change with this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to see, but yeah, there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. We got at least a year and a half to wait on this uh, at mm-hmm. this point. Much like a lot of stuff that got shown at the Game Awards. Yep. Uh, where we got a lot of stuff without dates or mm-hmm. uh, even a even a, a season that they'll release in a year. Yep. Just a lot of just 2024, 2025. So we'll work our way through this list. Uh, I have a few things that I did not put on here that just didn't. Uh, they were just like, here's a trailer for thing that didn't introduce anything new. Mm-hmm. So if you don't hear anything like that, that's fine. But uh, yeah, we'll start in. They had the pre-show. Uh, the weird thing is that the Twitch stream for this did not start on time. Mm-hmm. It started like ten minutes later, so like uh a good bit through the uh the pre show stuff mm-hmm. that they had, so uh that was a little bit weird. Um and the stream itself was at seven twenty P instead of the usual ten eighty P. So it didn't look particularly great uh for showcasing mm-hmm. the things that uh these games would like to you know make it obvious what you know how and why they look good. But uh, yeah, we'll start here. Uh, there's a remake of Brothers: The Tale of Two Sons mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Unreal Engine four, uh, five. Yeah, that's out in February. Yeah, on the 28th, right mm-hmm. before Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So mm-hmm. good luck with that. I also don't know that this is a remake we really needed. Well, after the success of you know two and. Um that other game, you know, it, it's, it kind of made sense that they want to bring this, their, you know, his first game back to modern standards, I'm guessing. 
I don't know. It's I don't think it's them making this. This is the publisher of Five Hundred Five Games and uh, a new studio, eh, Hunt Garden Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, Joseph Farrell is involved in this, but. Yeah, this know. one is actually this one's actually not going to be done by Hazelight or anything that uh, Joseph Ferris is involved with. But he did say that he gave his blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it definitely looks a bit better uh, as you would expect. But yeah, I don't know that that's going to really improve the experience or anything. Because like the characters don't speak in the that game; they just kind of make you know vocal noises as like they're talking to each other. Yeah. Uh, so there's maybe that's changed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a it's a game you can play uh, in solo co-op or uh, local co-op with a friend, mm. kind of thing. Telling a, a nice little story of these two brothers trying to uh, get medicine for their sick father. Mm-hmm. And yeah, shit happens along the way. So if you haven't played it before, it's worth checking out. Yep. Maybe this will be the the thing to check out, but yeah, it would have been fine either way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, then we got uh, the new game from Daniel Mullins. Uh, Daniel Mullins Games, mm-hmm. uh, the creator of Inscription and Pony Island in the Hex, and announced that he's doing Pony Island 2, Panda Circus, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, pretty cool to see. Uh, all of his games are basically uh, games that are very meta at oh, yeah. fourth wall. Very like that was very much the case with the first Pony Eye. Case with inscription. Um Yeah. 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 Pony Island very much was like you're playing this nice little uh cutesy platformer thing. It's pretty easy, but then you slowly realize there's something weird going on and then you find out like, oh the devil is in this mm-hmm. game. Yep. And he's messing with you and all that. So it seems like they're uh, going to include a lot of influence from things they did in Inscription here mm-hmm. with a lot of like first-person stuff as well uh, with the game. So, yeah. Mm. There you go. Uh, for that, no date, no platforms or anything, just uh, PC, I think, is the, the first platform they announced. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got The Rise of the Golden Idol, uh, the sequel to The Case of the Golden Idol. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a pretty popular uh, sort of detective adventure game mm. from last year. Uh, this will be on everything, PlayStation, mm-hmm. Xbox, Switch, PC, and Netflix. Mm. Uh, Netflix got a, a shout-out on a few of these games. Uh, that'll mm. be out next year. The weird thing is The Case of the Golden Idol is not on PlayStation or Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, I hope that happens at some point, but uh, I'll probably be getting Case of the Golden Idol here during the Steam Winter Sale. Mm. Uh, so I can play that. That's in the vein of like a, um, what was it? Uh, I forget. The, some of those like really heavy like puzzle games, uh, investigative puzzle games. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Chance of Sonar, mm-hmm. uh, Return of the Oberdin, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of got the vibes of that stuff, though it's got a very different art style to it. Mm-hmm. A very uh, British art style, I would say, for these characters, but uh, that looks neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that just has 2024, no date for it just yet. Uh, there's Usual June, that just has a PC 
uh, announcement so far for 2025. This is the the new game being published by Finji mm-hmm. in collaboration with a developer called Sweet Baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what else they've worked on. I think they've done a lot of writing for other games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They say they worked on... They've done Sable. Uh, they did some work on uh, Alan Wake 2, God of War Ragnarok, uh, Goodbye yeah. Volcano High, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, they, they, they're they sort of like a punch-up company, more or less. Yeah, they do a lot of story work for yeah. studios, but now they're working on their own game. Uh, mm-hmm. Third-person, like, action-adventure kind of thing mm. uh, here called Usual June uh, 2025. Mm. Yeah, it's like you're on a summer break, doing like odd jobs and hanging out with friends and all that kind of stuff. And then some weird stuff starts happening that uh, you need to deal with. So mm-hmm. that looks pretty interesting Yeah, uh, for the pre-show stuff. So, Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. There you go for that. Uh, then we got Ark Knights Endfield. That mm-hmm. is a PC mobile game that they announced a PS5 version Mm-hmm. Uh, with this, uh, they'll have a technical test on January 11th that you can sign up for if you want. Uh, probably be out next year, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, later on, but that looked all right. That very much had the the vibes of the uh, the Hoyoverse stuff. Mm-hmm. Of like a nice looking world, and then there's an anime girl for some mm-hmm. reason doing stuff, and so yeah. There you go, and that's uh, let's see. Then we got the the first sort of big game from the Odd Gentleman mm-hmm. in a while. Uh, they've been quiet for a bit here. Yeah, because uh, they worked on uh, the Misadventures of PB Winterbottom back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yep, but haven't really worked on anything major since then. Well, they did that uh, King's Quest game. Yeah, that was like shortly after the PB Winterbottom stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the outside of that, they haven't really had anything major. It's just been some uh, odds and ends stuff. But mm-hmm. so I see them back. They're working on a new game called Harmonium the Musical, which is like a a musical game featuring a deaf main character, uh, maybe multiple deaf characters in it as well. Um, yeah. It looks really neat. Uh, characters are using sign language throughout uh, that kind of stuff, and they're making uh, a very kind of uh, accessible game here uh, for this as they're working with uh, a number of people that are helping them get this done right, uh, with the sign language stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that looks really cool. That has no dates. Just it'll be on Xbox uh, and Netflix. Uh, especially on Game Pass. So uh, that's the the only platforms for it at the moment. So uh, Xbox and PC and mobile through Netflix's app. So that looked really cool. Mm -hmm. And then let's see. Yeah, we have a few more here before the the pre-show stuff was done. Uh, We got the new game from Motion Twin, the makers of Dead Cells. Uh, called Windblown uh, mm-hmm. for PC. It'll be in early access uh, sometime in 2024. Yeah. Uh, but it very much feels like a combat-focused roguelite, which is not uh, a huge surprise. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like co-op focus to it. At least the they generally feature like three characters playing together, mm. uh, kind of stuff. So uh, that looks interesting. Felt like I had a little bit of like Hades to it in some of its uh, the way it was, way the the combat and all that worked out. So mm. uh, looks pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Still pretty early on that, so we'll have to see how that turns out. But that looks cool. Mm. And then we got uh, Thrasher, a new game from the composer and artist behind Thumper, mm-hmm. as well as working with uh, developer Puddle, as they call it, a cosmic racer and essential audiovisual experience mm-hmm. that you know has the, a lot of the vibes of a Thumper to it. It'll be on unspecified consoles, PC, and uh, yeah. PCVR stuff. Mm. Uh, so I'm imagining that'll be on PSVR 2 and PlayStation for the, the console stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, PC and uh, the Oculus stuff in 2024. So mm. that looks neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got uh, yeah, a crossover thing between Dave the Diver and Dredge. So you'll be able to uh, get some of the the weird Cthulhu stuff from Dredge and Dave the Diver, which already has mm-hmm. its own weird stuff to it. Uh, that'll be coming to uh, Dave the Diver on December fifteenth. So that's Switch and PC. Mm. Uh, kind of a little annoying because that's uh, Dredge is on every platform, but Dave the Diver is not. Mm. So it'd be nice to have that on uh other platforms as well, but I think they got an exclusivity deal with Nintendo for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we got a nice surprise here. World of Goo 2 got announced. Uh, no platforms or anything, just uh, 2024. As uh, they mentioned, it's the 15th anniversary of World of Goo 2 coming out. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a very essential kind of indie game in the early Wii and uh, mobile days yeah. as you got the uh, uh, kind of a, a simplistic kind of bridge builder mm-hmm. of sorts with these goo creatures kind of attaching to each other in that kind of way. Yeah. Uh, made for a lot of fun puzzle stuff. So yeah, the, the original developer 2d boys working with tomorrow corporation, which I think has uh, at least one of the people from 2d boy founded that developer. So mm-hmm. they're kind of working together on this new game. So that's, Pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. With the uh, World of Goo, uh, that was actually when I arrived uh, at the theater because I was a little late. And when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, is this World of Goo? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys, but like World of Goo was sort of my sort of my first indie game because at the time, the only current generation platform I had was a Wii. And World of Goo was like the, the main seller on WiiWare, if you guys remember that. And yeah, mm-hmm. the game was a whole lot of fun. So just seeing it back in this way, in HD, was, like, totally awesome. I'm really, really looking forward to this game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a nice surprise. Uh, then we got Metaphor, Refantasio. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really much new about this, unless you just weren't paying attention to it, because they uh, did a little credits of showing you, like, oh, there's a bunch of Persona key talent working on this game, which is, like, mm-hmm. yeah. This is kind of the game that a lot of the Persona people are working on here for a bit before they move over to Persona 6. Oh, uh, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, they gave a release time frame of fall 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be uh, coming out uh, late next year. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of really all there is for that one. Yeah. This one was pretty significant, you know, aside from the fact that it's Atlas, but um, I think this was one of the few things where they showed like sort of a specific time in 2024, mainly the fall. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything that was, or any other late 2024 game that said it would be there. Um, you know, there were a lot of Februarys, there were a lot of first and second quarter of 2024, but yeah, that was pretty significant for me. And yeah, it was a pre-show announcement. So, you know, for the second year in a row, a pre-show announcement was like one of my favorite things there. And yeah, granted, nothing was really announced, but this game is really shaping up to be something special. It looks really nice. Like, if you were to compare this to like anything shown there, it definitely has its own look, and I'm really excited for this one. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that, that ends the pre-show stuff as they kind of go into uh, the show itself, mm-hmm. uh, where we get uh, our first announcement has Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. In it, uh, talking about the uh, that he's working on his first game, mm-hmm. part of this game that's called Exodus. Yeah. Uh, then they show the trailer that I don't know that he was in that trailer, or not obviously. Mm. Maybe he's doing a, a good voice uh, that isn't just his, you know, Texas accent voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but. Uh, and also, Jeff, after it showed, was like, oh, yeah, it's got shades of Mass Effect. And I was like, what the fuck was, like, Mass Effect about this besides the space? Well, it's because that there's a dude from BioWare working on this. Yeah, but nothing about the the trailer sh- screened Mass Effect to me. Well, of course it doesn't, because that's a BioWare property. Yeah. Uh, it also has Wizards of the Coast publishing it. Which is like uh, that 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 fifty fifty because the last game they put out was Dark Alliance and uh, yeah, well, I don't know that they published that. Uh, I think it was one of the Embracer Group companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of the first, I think, like big game that they are publishing, uh, especially with a uh, a studio founded by former Bioware devs. Mm-hmm. Uh, led by James Olin, so. Mm-hmm. But they also have a number of people from like Naughty Dog and Three for Three and other other big studios. So they got some talent there. Yeah, and that looks interesting. There's also the story part of it that I didn't understand from that trailer because it looked like the dude was sacrificing himself to save the girl, mm-hmm. but then he survives in the wormhole, mm-hmm. and it's like way in the future. Yeah. Because a big part of the game's plot revolves around, like, time dilation. Yeah. Because the thing about, you know, traveling at the speed of light is that it often means that, you know, the, you know, regular time still goes on as it does. But because you're, you know, out in space, you know, time works differently. So. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it could be interesting, but there's, I don't think, any gameplay in the trailer, really. No, it's so, pretty much all cutscene, but yeah, and it has a uh, no date on it or anything. Just mm. PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC. Which yeah, it's kind of the theme of the show is that there wasn't much Switch stuff at the show. No, I mean, 
That's that's I mean that's kind of typical for Nintendo, isn't it? Well, that nobody's at least announcing stuff here is specifically making anything for the Switch. Yeah, which led to the Switch Two trending on Twitter. Yeah, so like oh yeah, this this all these games are definitely going to be on Switch Two. Yeah, like, I mean like. We're going sort of off topic here, but like one of the reasons why people really thought there'd be something Switch involved in the Game Awards was because uh, for a little bit, their social media did not have a profile photo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that really doesn't really mean much, but obviously with nothing happening, that was a thing. And then, you know, as far as the argument of like Nintendo not really doing anything at the Game Awards, like they, they have done things that made some ways. Obviously, they made uh, the, you know, the, the, the Joker DLC uh, back when Smash mm-hmm. came out and then it became, like, dumb stuff, like, you know, Tropical Freeze being announced for the Switch with, like, Monkey Kong mode. And, like, it, it's always something memeable. But the fact that nothing happened at all, you know, you, you didn't even see, like, the Switch logo and the whole Snap thing except for the one family commercial, which obviously yeah. happened with the Family Award. But, you know, all they did here was pick up a few awards but not actually announce anything. And obviously that's because, you know, we have a new platform coming out. We just don't want to talk about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I just... Leave Sony and Microsoft kind of taking on all the the buzz for new games here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, we got Sony's first bit here uh, with God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, as the it's all Kratos, and people are like, "Oh, God, it's a new God of War," and it's like, "No, it's just uh, Valhalla DLC for mm-hmm. God of War Ragnarok. It's free. It's out on Tuesday, December twelfth. Uh, it's basically adding a roguelite mode to the game." Mm. Uh, a bunch of combat stuff uh, that will also feature uh, monsters from the original games, mm-hmm. uh, which they feature, featured a, a big classic Cyclops uh, that's from one of those games. So uh, that looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty. Fu- it, it was it was pretty fun to see uh, when I first saw the chest in the water. I thought maybe it would be like a Bloodborne too. Or something like, like like that, but yeah, the, this was the first pop of the day well, as soon as Kratos showed up. You know, obviously, God of War Ragnarok was a huge game last year, and uh, getting DLC is pretty cool, especially with this mode. I'm not big on roguelites or anything mm. like that, but this definitely looked like a, an interesting play. And you know, the, the the main thing that got me was the fact that it's out in two days, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be free, and all that. You don't have to pay for it. Uh, it'll be a separate mode in the game, so you don't have to worry about. Uh, you know, not having all the unlocks and all that in the main game or anything. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, it'll have its own stuff to do, so you'll be able to check that out here in a couple days, so that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, let's see. Yeah, we got to a, a weird little indie game mm-hmm. uh, where the developers of Untitled Goose Game, House House, uh, announced their new game, Big Walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a cooperative uh, adventure exploration kind of thing where you're just hanging yeah. out with friends. You're like these little, uh, I would say, like humanoid versions of like the uh, the drinking bird thing that dips mm-hmm. into the water. That's very much that kind of thing, but uh, able to walk around and explore these like mm-hmm. hills and caves and such that uh, you can kind of work together or screw around with each other. Um mm-hmm. Seems to be just PC in 2025 for a date, so mm. uh, not really a ton to get there, but had some nice humor uh, to it, so that looks pretty neat. Uh, for a game you can just kind of forget about for, well, for a while, because you're not going to see it mm-hmm. for a bit, so 
there you go. Yeah, it was definitely a cool announcement. You know, you're definitely going to get a pop from people with the Untitled Goose game, especially within the industry, since that was like DICE's biggest thing a few years ago. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I definitely like what I saw. But, you know, 2025, right now, who cares? So mm, and that was yeah. a common theme uh, with the show. So Yeah. Uh, next up, we got a little Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown trailer. Not really anything to say about that. Uh, just other than they announced that they're going to have a demo out on January 11th, uh, the week before the game is out on January 18th, so mm-hmm. you'll be able to check it out a week early. Yep. Uh, so that's good to see. And then, yeah. And then uh, next up, we got our first Xbox uh, uh, showing here, uh, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, uh, with a little performance there uh, from, I'm assuming, some music from the game, but mm-hmm. uh, we got a little trailer there. Uh, with some combat and whatnot, uh, anguish for the main character kind of stuff. And then, yeah, it said 2024 being like, oh, we still don't have a date for this game that was the first, you know, game on the system to get announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little frustrating for that. It would have been nice to have like a time frame, even if mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it'll be out in the summer. Yeah. Even if they delayed or whatever, doesn't matter. That would have been nice versus a, a blank 2024 for that game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. Still looks very nice. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, Senua is having a very fun time in this game. Sound <laughs> <laughs> a huge blast there. But yeah, you know, I, I hope it makes the year. It should. This was like the first game announced on the Xbox Series X to begin with, and this was like what three, four years ago now. So it's it's mm-hmm. about time. And yeah. Um, just this trailer alone. I don't know when was the last time they showed some new footage, but they've definitely uh, put in some work here. Like, it looks night and day compared to uh, Senua's Sacrifice, and that was a game I enjoyed a lot, so I can't wait to get jump back into this one. Mm. Yeah, I think they showed combat last year at their, their E3 thing, so there you go for that. Uh, we got uh, a brief appearance by Ikumi Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, showing off what her new studio, Unseen, is working on. Yeah. Called Kimuri. Uh, yep. No platforms or date or anything for this. Just here's what the the new thing is, which mm-hmm. kind of looked like uh, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo if uh, she had full control of that game. Yeah, instead of only a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it has very much a lot of like ghost creatures and such you're dealing with, uh, as well as a lot of platforming and parkour stuff that your character seems to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of fun stuff there. So yeah, that looks pretty neat. Yeah. Just seems like it's going to be a ways off since they didn't even announce any sort of, you know, expected release time frame. So yeah. that wasn't too surprising. Yeah. Uh, for that. So let's see next up here. Uh, we got the new game from moon studios mm-hmm. uh, being published by private division. No Rest for the Wicked for PS5, Xbox Series, X and S, and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be out in early access on PC in Q1 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of a, a combat uh, roguelite kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was kind of a game where I was like, oh, these guys. Eh, screw them. Because uh, if you don't remember, the devs had a big controversy that's mm-hmm. potentially led to them not working with Microsoft anymore. Yep. Uh, because the founders of the studio were 
uh, just saying a lot of uh, shitty things to the other people on the team, mm-hmm. uh, anti-Semitic, uh, sexist, racist, that kind of stuff. Yeah. In a way that was like, oh, these people suck. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe not want to bother with them anymore. And, and now they're putting out a game called No Rest for the Wicked, which seems oddly ironic for what the studio has mm-hmm. going on. So I'm curious like, if those people are still there. Or if they've had a shakeup or whatnot, because I don't know that we've seen anything about that. But yeah, that was kind of the mm-hmm. the first big like oof announcement uh, yeah. of the show. Uh, so yeah, there you go for that one. Yeah, not gonna lie, I totally forgot about that. Really unfortunate. Mm. Uh, but for what it's worth, the game does look interesting. So that was yeah. uh, one of my highlights here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily that's a genre that. There's plenty of other games you want to play if you yeah. uh, want to do that. So you don't have to be married to this one game. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely easy seeing the, the early shots of the trailer. I was like, oh, this kind of looks like Ori uh, a bit. And yep, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, next up here, Sega. They announced the uh, the initial batch of games coming out of their Super Games project. Mm-hmm. They we heard about a while ago that was... Supposedly going to have some mix of like Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio stuff in it, mm-hmm. and some other classic IPs, which people thought was going to be like a a Fortnite type of thing or something. And it ended up, no, it's their new initiative of bringing back a bunch of properties they haven't really touched in like fifteen to twenty years, mm. uh, as they basically announced uh, new games in the Crazy Taxi franchise, mm-hmm. Golden Axe, Jet Set Radio. Uh, Shinobi and Streets of Rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty cool of them. Yeah, for some of the stuff at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Golden Axe one looks the most iffy-ish because that's not a property that translates super well to 3D. No. At least not the way the ways they've done it. Yeah, obviously the fantasy stuff has worked well in 3D and like uh, you know God of War games and various other types of franchises out there, but Sega's never had a good job with that. Crazy Taxi looks like it's more co-op focused. Yeah. Uh, Because they have multiple taxis going around Uh, for whatever reason. Jet Set Radio looks really nice in its art style. Seems from the screenshots they have here, it looks less cel-shaded to it, so I don't know if that's just the particular shots, but that looks weird. Um, Shinobi looks neat. That's got very much like a Mark of the Ninja kind of 2D animation style to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Streets of Rage, we've seen Streets of Rage 4. Mm-hmm. I would assume they hired that team to make a new one. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did. I don't know. That's We don't really have much in the way of details on who's making these games, just Sega's making them. Yeah. We'll probably find out. No dates, platforms, anything. Mm-hmm. tied to this, so uh, we'll probably find out more about that stuff at a later mm-hmm. date. Yeah. Yeah, so one of my one of my gripes with the Game Awards uh, for me is the fact that you can't even really tell when it's commercial time, um, just because you know, like the Super Bowl, a lot of the quote-unquote ads or commercials are going to look like games, and you know, that's, that, that was a common, see, a common theme with the things like that, the truth ads and things like that, and this Sega trailer really looked like a commercial to me and i was like i didn't know what to believe or what i saw 
But then when it ended up being an announcement of like, you know, this new initiative where they're going to bring back new IP, I was like, oh, this is dope. You know, I, I, I love Crazy Taxi. I love Shinobi. I love Streets of Rage. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to this. Uh, I do think this could have been done, you know, a little bit better or maybe on, a, on another day. But yeah, it was just confusing, especially being in a in a theater where you're not really told when's the right time to get out of your seat or things like that. So uh, I just wish this was done better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that was definitely a thing where you, you could tell probably all the commercials were like things that were already out generally, but they had a few of them that seemed to be for things that weren't out yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of the commercials actually show new content, so it's tough to tell from there. Yeah, uh, but let's see here. Yeah, we got an update on Dragon Ball, uh, the new game. Uh, uh, that was, you know, initially thought of as Budokai Tenkaichi 4. Mm-hmm. is now called Sparking Zero. Sparking's what that series was called in Japan. They've decided to just use that in the West. And that's the sort of third-person fighting game. That's after the, the Budokai series, they moved over to Budokai Tenkaichi. Where you'd be kind of behind the back on it to... Uh, make the, the fighting a bit more immersive versus a 2D fighter. And yeah, they're kind of going back to that, adding a lot of stuff from Dragon Ball Super to it. Uh, you know, with the Super Broly and the mm-hmm. uh, Super Saiyan Blue and all that kind of stuff in there. Mm. Uh, so that looks neat. Uh, that's on the uh, PS5, Xbox Series X and S and PC and no date on that. So no idea when. Maybe it'll be out next year. Who knows? It seems like they're taking their time with that. Uh, so that looked neat. I don't know that I'm really into that, that uh, style of Dragon Ball game anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. Uh, then we got uh, a thing that was teased before the show that uh, I think Supermassive and uh, the Dead by Daylight uh, Twitter accounts were teasing some some partnership between the two. And we found out uh, what that is. Uh, it's the casting of Frank Stone, a single-player, you know, narrative adventure game that Supermassive Games makes a lot of, but set in the Dead by Daylight universe, mm-hmm. featuring probably this guy with the the bucket mask on. Uh, that uh, could be pretty neat. Adds to some of the the lore of like the the original characters that are in those games mm-hmm. or in the in the Dead by Daylight game. So. That could be neat if you like the supermassive style of things. So, uh, yeah, that'll be out at, uh, let's see, sometime next year, 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. So, yeah. That looked neat. And uh, then we got our first uh, bit of a surprise here. Uh, Square Enix announced a new Mana game, Visions of Mana. Uh, for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and PC mm-hmm. for next year, and that was very much the first one of like, oh, no Switch, huh? Okay, mm. uh, that seems like a, the sort of game that Square would try to fit on the Switch yeah. at some point, and that just never happened uh, in the trailer. Yeah, I think Trials of Mana actually uh, sold better on Switch too, but like this one, uh, it, it it doesn't look like it'll run too well on the Switch. So but it, it has to be a next console thing or if anything, I just don't think this would run out that well on the Switch. It, it just looks too vibrant, too 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 actiony. I don't know. It seems like it's too much. 
Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's not stopping some publishers out there, like Arkham Knight, uh, that kind <laughs> of stuff. So, but uh, yeah, it looks neat. It looks like it's got more open worldish kind of stuff going on. Maybe a little Breath of the Wild uh, means of getting around kind of stuff. So that looks that looks potentially interesting. Mm-hmm. As uh, people want them to get back to the quality of like the the classic mana games versus what we've gotten on like the the PS2 and uh, all that since then. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's one for people to check out. Mm. Uh, yeah, then we got uh, PlayStation back again with their next game, Rise of the Ronin. Uh, finally got an update on that. And that'll mm-hmm. be out March 22nd. So uh, that's the same day as uh, Dragon's Dogma 2. So yeah, great choice of date there. Uh, but that's the new Sony game from Team Ninja. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like pre-orders are go live this week, but they showed off a bunch of gameplay for that, and that looks really cool. Uh, definitely kind of got uh, some Ghost of Tsushima kind of stuff, but with more mm-hmm. maybe Spider-Man-ish kind of open world uh, ways of getting around. Uh, you got some gliding stuff and all kinds of ways to get around uh, that looks pretty interesting. So there you go on that one. Mm. So yeah, there's your first March game, I think, of the show. Uh, then we got another one right here, the Atlas Trials. Yeah. Uh, that's that co-op Outlast game. So instead of just getting scared on your own, you can get friends roped up into it. Uh, that'll be out March 5th uh, mm-hmm. for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. And then we got the the first big uh, uh, you know, unveiling of a, of a game that we've known about that yeah. uh, Hideo Kojima and Kojima Productions have been working on something with Xbox mm-hmm. uh, Game Studios. Yep. And they revealed this weird trailer of just these actors kind of saying weird stuff and screaming mm-hmm. and yelling and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, just zooms of their face as people wondering if that's in game or just video of their faces, but either way, it's a scary game they're making. Uh, no real details on that. I think the, the quote they have here is exploring the concept of testing your fear threshold and what it means to OD on fear while blurring the boundaries of gaming and film. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it has a uh, Sophia Lillis, Hunter Schaefer and Udo Kier in the game, uh, as well as uh, then revealed for the, the second part of the announcement that Jordan Peele is partnering with Kojima for this mm. game, uh, who talked about how much he liked Metal Gear Solid two, uh, which it's kind of a weird game to tell, you know, in that setting, that's your favorite one. Cause that's mm-hmm. feels like the game that Kojima is kind of the weirdest about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause people did not like riding at all in that. And he took that to heart to make him badass as hell in Metal Gear Solid four. Uh, yeah. This is like a very long segment for, uh, you know, uh, uh, the one person that Jeff Keeley kind of lets do whatever on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of got that as like one of the more divisive segments, just as uh, people are kind of getting weirded out by the aggressive 
uh, speech timer thing for the winners. They're like, oh, you had this whole segment going on and on, uh, but couldn't spare more than 30 seconds for any of these devs to talk about uh, thanking people and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's literally nothing about this game we know. No dates or anything. I mean, that's pretty standard for Kojima, so... Well, and that this seems to be pretty early on. Like, we mm-hmm. don't, probably not out the next year. Yeah. Maybe 2025. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But they're not revealing anything on that just yet. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got uh, a new Jurassic Park game Jurassic yep. Park Survival. Mm hmm. Uh, with a neat premise to it of, you know, playing as uh, somebody who was left behind on the island. Mm hmm. Uh, who conveniently runs into all the places that uh, people know from, like, the the ending bits of that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, In the the big, uh, uh, whatever, visitor center. Mm -hmm. Uh, Running into the kitchen there and seeing the the door that the uh, the Velociraptors got locked in. And uh, dealing with the T-Rex that's running around and... Mm -hmm. Uh, even the spitters that uh, probably got Dennis Nedry, uh, you know that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they played up as a, a survival game, PS5, mm-hmm. Xbox Series X, and PC. No date on that, so uh, that could be interesting. That's from Saber Interactive, so that's an Embracer Group game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Okay. And uh, let's see, then next one up here, uh, one of the few games that announced a date beyond, uh, like, April. Yep. As uh, Black Myth Wukong got shown. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a date of August 20th. Yep. Just calling their shot eight months in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if that hits or if it's going to be like uh, Starfield and uh, be way off. Who knows, mm. but... It looks pretty solid. That's the, oh, the action yeah. RPG uh, rooted in the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Journey to the West. Yeah. Uh, sort of a part of a mm-hmm. Chinese mythology. Yeah. Uh, that looks pretty neat. I remember when the the dominated the internet for about a week because, because yeah, it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was actually my, uh, you know, my first time seeing it or hearing about it in, in, in any sense, and uh, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it definitely looks interesting. It, it, it didn't look like too hard of, of, a, of a of a rogue if it's if, if it goes to that direction. But yeah, hopefully it's just more of a, I don't want to say standard action RPG, but it definitely does look fun. Yeah, yeah, it's got like Souls like vibes to it. So mm-hmm. there you go for that. Uh, then we had Suicide Squad show up. Yeah, uh, because they're out in February and they have to make sure you know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the new trailer for that, uh, yeah, focusing on uh, the heroes being evil mm-hmm. concept we haven't heard about yet with this game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this it looks fine. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's this isn't a thing that's going to change anybody's minds on this game. This trailer. Mm-hmm. No, it's more hearing about how you know they're going to be making their uh, battle passes free, mm. and I believe they're working on a uh, an offline mode 
It does not yep. require an online connection, but that's not going to be there at launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it's Rock City. They do good work, so it should be a pretty solid game. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll be out February 2nd, yep. in case you're wondering. So, yeah, I think next week's yes. show, I'm going to do a preview of all the games coming out in the first three months of the year. Mm-hmm. So you can see yeah. how fucking ridiculous this schedule is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, January or February, March is going to be absolutely nuts. But, you know, just going back to Suicide Squad, I'm someone that's uh, always been a fan of them, like even even getting back to the comic books. And I'm one of the few people that actually liked both movies coming out. And, you know, I really want Suicide Squad to happen, but, you know, it probably won't. Um, And the main thing with this trailer is, you know, like you said, it it was fine. I wish this trailer was what we got like, you know, two or three years ago versus like what we are, what, what, what we have now. You know, with mm-hmm. a title like "Kill the Justice League," like, yeah, you're gonna fight the Justice League when they're when they're back. And I don't know why they waited until now to finally show that. And yeah, you know, for all intents and purposes, like, this was pretty cool. Like, you know, seeing like them hammer on on, on Superman and, and and you know it not working because Superman is Superman. Like, mm-hmm. it was dope. And like, it, it's just too little, too late. But you know, we'll see here. Um, I don't. This, this probably isn't a day one purchase for me just because you know February is super crowded. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to give it a try. But the, the whole thing with the, you know, live service games with the with the comic books, it's just it's just tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. We got uh, Ready or Not for PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game's been in early access for a good bit. So they are officially coming out of early access on the 13th. Uh, so that's Wednesday. Uh, this is a game that is a bit controversial because you're essentially playing as... Uh, like the SWAT dealing with like shootings, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's not exactly a topic that people are uh, generally interested in mm-hmm. as like a video game thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is kind of testing the limits of that stuff. Yeah, I believe they do have a, a level based on school shootings, so mm-hmm. that's a fun game there. So yeah, they'll be hitting 1.0 here later this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, you can play it solo, co-op uh, kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. That's the thing you can dip into if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got uh, an interesting game coming from EA as part of their partners program mm-hmm. uh, thing. Yeah, with a studio called Surgeon Studios, mm-hmm. which I believe is founded by uh, an actor who was the one that uh, presented the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abu Bakar Salim. There's mm-hmm. been in some noteworthy stuff out there, uh, though I don't think I was familiar with his work. But mm. uh, the game that they showed very much looked like the the Prince of Persia game, mm-hmm. uh, but more focused on uh, African uh, areas, mm-hmm. as the, they call it here. Tales of Kinzera, Zao, I guess, Z-A-U. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as it deals with the Bantu... Uh, legend here uh, yeah. kind of thing so yeah that looks really neat uh, that'll mm-hmm. be out April 23rd yeah uh, 20 bucks so that'll be on everything or PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Switch and PC mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of localization and all that Swahili voiceover oh, yeah. stuff so definitely one of the, the cooler games uh, that was shown at the show mm-hmm so yeah, there you go. That was a, a neat surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else we got here. 
I uh, lost records. Uh, I might have the wrong link on that. So I'll get mm-hmm. that in a second. But I believe this is a don't starve or don't nod game. Yeah. Uh, from the the team that worked on Life is Strange. So mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, a pretty cool uh, mm-hmm. new thing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Lost Records, Bloom and Rage. Uh, this mm-hmm. is. Yeah, coming to the the new console or yeah, new consoles PS5 and Xbox Series X and S and PC. Yep. Uh yeah, story-driven game as these uh set in 1995 in the summer mm-hmm. of 1995 as these characters are dealing with a bunch of uh weird stuff mm-hmm. going on as uh they kind of have a falling out from these friends. Yeah. It sort of reunites later on. Uh, to deal with the the thing that's caused them caused the rift in their friendship mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that, that looks pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, no specific date. Late 2024 mm-hmm. is all we got there. So mm. uh, yeah, it was one of the, the nicer games to see there. Mm. Yeah, this is definitely one that I'm, I'm definitely excited for. It's just funny because like Don't Nod is really trying their best to not be the Life is Strange studio. And they sort of like uh, did that with some of their previous releases, like Harmony and then, you know, Jassant. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, they're, they're back at it. So it's like, you're not mm-hmm. really going to shed that label by continuing to talk about it and making similar games to it. But again, yeah. I'm excited for this one. It's just weird uh, knowing their whole, like, role with it. So Yeah. Uh, then we got here the first Berserker Kazan, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't know... Uh, that this is part of the Dungeon and Fighter franchise, yeah, or the Dungeon Fighter Online franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they mentioned, like, oh, this is the first new game in this franchise. It's been around for fifteen years or whatever, and it's like, oh, what? Okay, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a single player action RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks pretty solid for what it is. Yeah. Uh, n- let's see, no dates on that. Just PS5, Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. An S and PC, so that could be neat, but mm-hmm. no idea when that's going to be happening. So mm-hmm. there you go. And then as like a weird joke, Skull and Bones showed up. Yep. To be like, we're out <laughs> February sixteenth, and it's like nobody freaking believes you. And it's like, all right, you just decided to throw yourself in the busiest month of the, the early part of next year mm-hmm. to to hide the game. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's gonna touch that game amongst everything else that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, but they decide they're gonna do that. They're gonna have a second closed beta test mm-hmm. uh, from the fifteenth to the eighteenth, so next weekend. Yeah. So there you go for that. That was kind of the mm-hmm. funniest thing. As they kind of rehash that uh, that pirate song they used in the last time they tried to convince mm-hmm. people it was gonna come out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. Mm. Uh, then we got uh, a new game coming from Arcane Leon, yeah. uh, Marvel's Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are making their own Marvel game, uh, M-rated it looks like. It's going to be, uh, seems to fit pretty well with the, the mold that they uh, have with the like Dishonored games and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, though they mentioned it's going to be a third-person game. Yep. Uh, for that, they've... Technically not announced platforms, but it's a Bethesda game, so it's going to be on Xbox and PC. 
Yep. And basically said it's only just beginning development, so mm-hmm. we're not going to see this for quite a while. Probably at least a few years, maybe not even on the current Xbox consoles. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're hesitant to name platforms. Because they're basically using this as kind of a recruiting thing mm-hmm. uh, for getting more people to work on the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that could be pretty cool. Uh, it was also yeah. kind of the, the most political like announcement here is the uh, the dev Dinga Bakaba sort of talked mm-hmm. about him being uh, a sort of mixed race uh, kid and how that relates to Blade's story and all that and kind of Link that to the the stuff going on in Gaza and Israel mm-hmm. in a fun way. That's I'm sure Jeff was standing right there, mm-hmm. being like, "Oh shit!" But yeah, go ahead, Dana. Yeah, I mean, like Arcane's coming off Death Loop, which would you know um, obviously was awesome, and uh, you know, sort of yeah. unfortunately, like the the only game I've beaten that came out of them was uh, the first uh, Dishonored. And yeah, I really liked it. But what what really makes them hard for me is the fact that they are first person. So the announcement that this mm-hmm. is, is going to be a third person game definitely has my attention, especially with mm. Blade. And like when they showed this trailer, like I thought it was Deathloop too, and I was down for it. But now that I know it's Blade, yeah, I'm super excited. So you mm. know, I really hope that it is a current generation game. Um, what they showed looked fair. I mean, yeah, it was just like you know a teaser, but it it seemed like it, it it'll be a current generation game. So we'll see. Mm. I hope it is. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Uh, then we got Last Sentinel from one of the studios of people that spun off of Rockstar, mm-hmm. uh, Lightspeed Studio, uh, specifically Lightspeed LA, mm-hmm. uh, announced Last Sentinel, which let's see, futuristic Tokyo had a lot of like androids doing stuff, fighting each other, and then this uh, ninja-looking dude. Comes in mm-hmm. and just kills everybody. Yep. Shoots them or stabs them. Uh, mm-hmm. Takes them all out. and That looks neat, but no platforms, no dates. So probably still more of a, a recruiting thing mm-hmm. here for getting more people to work on that game. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Not really much to say about it. Mm-hmm. Nice little trailer and all that. So uh, but then weirdly that blended with the next trailer for the first Descendant. Mm-hmm. Uh, which had uh, people fighting giant mechs and shit mm-hmm. uh, in a weird way, but uh, this is the first Descendants of Free-to-Play, uh, third-person shooter, kind of uh, if Destiny was third-person to mm-hmm. it, and set in like a, and not Destiny, so, mm. uh, but it's got a lot of the same kind of uh, server stuff where you're running around doing your own quests, and you're seeing people doing their own thing, and you can kind of seamlessly help each other out uh, with their quests and that kind of stuff if you want to. But uh, this trailer didn't really show much, but uh, other than it's coming out uh, this summer, 2024. Mm -hmm. uh, So that could be pretty cool. PlayStation, Xbox, and PC for the the platforms there. So there you go for that. Mm. Uh, Then we got uh, Zenless Zone Zero thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just saying it's going to be out in 2024 for PC and smartphones, so mm. that's about it. Uh, no real new stuff as far as I could see, so there you go yeah. for that. Then there's Mecha Break, uh, which is a multiplayer mech action game. Mm-hmm. 
That looks pretty neat. Uh, that is, uh, let's see, having a closed alpha test coming soon. That's as much as they said. Uh, PS5, Xbox Series X and S and PC. So, again, no no real date or anything for that. Mm-hmm. Much like a lot of the, the games here. And then we did get a date for Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2. Mm-hmm. That's September 9th. Yep. So they're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Dreamcast by releasing mm-hmm. Space Marine 2. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, you'll be able to check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Den of Wolves. Uh, this is from uh, the developer Ten Chambers, which is formed by people that worked on uh, Payday, the, the early Payday games, and mm-hmm. most recently released a game called GTFO. Yep. Uh, you know, a way to a game around the concept of get the fuck out mm-hmm. uh, where you're kind of hacking these uh, doors for various rooms, letting enemies into the room you're in kind of very co-op focused uh, mm-hmm. trying to set up opportunities to take down these enemies and that kind of stuff as you're yeah. exploring these areas. But they announced they're going back to the heist genre with den of wolves. And so that could be cool, but also mm-hmm. yeah, no date for any of this, so no, just it'll be on PC at some point. So there you go. Mm. Then we got a game called Exoborn. I have to look up what this is because I don't remember <laughs> the name. Uh, oh yeah, the Open World Extraction. This is the game that had the the trailer with the bus flying in the air. Yeah, that uh, was getting thrown at people. So that could be cool. No dates, mm. just PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC. Mm-hmm. So that could be interesting, but. Who knows? Yep. Uh, then we got an announcement here that Palia is coming mm-hmm. to the Switch on December 15th, so this Friday. Uh, that's a free-to-play game. That's one of those life sims, mm-hmm. uh, MMO kind of things. Uh, it's also out on PC now, so you can check it out there. Mm. If you want, I played the beta for this, and it ran really poorly Yeah, uh, a few months ago, but hopefully they put a lot of work into uh, polishing that stuff for... Uh, PCs. Uh, so I might check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got another big announcement here. The new game from No Man's Sky. Yeah. Uh, Sean Murray's on stage talking about yeah. how crazy the whole experience of making No Man's Sky was. Yeah. Uh, and joked, uh, Jeff joked about not you know going overboard with announcements and he said, yeah. I'm making an entire earth that you can explore. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Uh, show that off, and then, yep, it looks like them taking the the tech that they uh, have built up for No Man's Sky and mm-hmm. used it fully on uh, simulating an entire planet's yep. worth of you know areas to explore, mountains, mm-hmm. ecosystems, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. To which I was jokingly thinking, oh, they got there, you know, ahead of uh, Starfield with No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. And now they're going after Elder Scrolls Six mm-hmm. with this fantasy ass dragon riding game, mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of like furry races in there, yeah, as well with like rabbits and some other stuff that all looks really cool. No yeah. platforms or anything really, other than PC right now, mm-hmm. and no dates. Just looks really cool. Yep, and very much seems like this is going to be probably more reliable game at launch because they're building it on the tech of no man's sky. 
Yeah, so they're not in uncharted territory, actually. They actually know what they're doing this time. Yeah, as they, you know, they're going to have multiplayer at launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, all that kind of stuff there. So, yeah, Light No Fire. And even the, like, logo announcement was very much, oh, this is, like, a twist on No Man's Sky's logo. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's the cover of a fantasy novel. Yeah. And they also made a point of, like, yeah, we're also state right now. So, yeah, not making that mistake again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there you go. That looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Final Fantasy sixteen got an announcement mm-hmm. of uh, the new DLC, Echoes of the Fallen and the Rising Tide. Yeah. Uh, Echoes of the Fallen is out now. The Rising Tide is out early next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten bucks for uh, the DLC. I assume the the next one will be bigger because you can get a, an expansion pass with both for twenty five bucks. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's neat. There's a Buster Sword you can get in there for getting the the DLC. So they know what they're doing there. Yeah, that's one of the things I don't have here is that they announced a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth collaboration with Apex Legends, mm-hmm. which I think is the first <laughs> licensed collect like thing that Apex Legends is doing. Yep. And I was like, wow, you got the Square Enix one right out of the gates. Mm-hmm. Also, like, six years after you launched this game, but okay. Uh, so, yeah, that TLC's out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that, that was, like, one of the things I saw that I was like, man, I wish I was home because I want to print this right now. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, as you mentioned, the Buster Sword. I don't know how or why he has it, but I look forward to seeing why. Maybe it's just an Easter egg. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, then we got the finals. They got to talk a bit about that, and then announced it was out uh, at the show. Mm-hmm. And they're shadow dropping it, so that's out now. PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC. That's mm-hmm. the game from former Dice people mm-hmm. working on a big thing, which I thought was just three v three, like uh, capture the flag stuff. But I think it has up to mm-hmm. forty eight player modes in there. Yep. So there's more in there than I thought there was. Mm. So that's cool. And then they hit uh, the big final announcement, Monster Hunter Wilds, mm-hmm. uh, which I was watching at early part of the trailer. I was like, this looks like Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. And as they you know, started going further, I'm like, yeah, this is Monster Hunter as hell. Uh, mm-hmm. Essentially the sequel to Worlds uh, with a bigger open world, it seems, to explore with uh, mm-hmm. uh, your fun little flying chocobo thing so mm-hmm. uh, not much in the way of details here other than it's going to look really good it's like they've got you know herds of creatures that can uh, be you know herded around the levels uh, especially with the, the bigger monsters attacking from what it looks like uh, but you got a lot of mobility options here and yeah looks pretty neat it's not going to be out until potentially 2025 but Mm. Uh, they say they are going to show more information next summer, so probably around E3 time frame, show a lot more about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that looks really cool. It's PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC. So yeah, looking forward to that. And then the the weirdest thing, they had a trailer for Baldur's Gate 3 that just showed, like, look at all these great review scores, Yeah, uh, all this stuff. Uh, didn't say anything about what was happening with the Xbox version, and people uh, just looked on the Xbox and was like, oh, it's out now. Yep. 
<laughs> uh, I think it was mentioned in the description for that trailer on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But it was not part of that trailer other than it, them, you know, uh, saying like, hey, you can get a physical version for Xbox or PlayStation. Yep. So that's a thing you can do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go ahead and uh, get it. Because yeah. uh, that game is legitimately amazing. Yeah, 70 bucks, so it's not on Game Pass. And I'm not doing hyperbole. Like, that game is so good, it makes other games seem lesser in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that I look forward to trying. Um, the fact that it's coming out physical uh, definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, I look forward to that happening. But like I said, I, I'm just waiting for a damn sale on that. Thing, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, that's your show. Uh, Baldur's Gate won Game of the Year, as well yep. as a number of other uh, awards. Alamic 2 won a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Starfield did not. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom won the Best Action Adventure category. Uh, mm-hmm. Cyberpunk won an award for community support that it should not have gotten. Because they all they did is fix the game. Yeah, that should not be an award-winning thing to do. Mm-hmm. Versus like No Man's Sky, that's added a whole new race to that game, amongst many other things mm-hmm. over this past year. But yeah, there are certain categories you could tell like the people voting did not really have a great grasp on uh, what all was going on. Yeah, throughout the year. Especially you could tell with like the, the sports slash racing category that has four racing games in it and the mm-hmm. and the, the new form of FIFA. Really yeah. okay. Might have been nice if there were people that played sports games that voted on this because there were more than just uh FC twenty four that was a good sports game. Mm-hmm. But that's not a thing that's gonna happen at this show. Yeah. Uh, same with like the fighting game stuff where it's like Here's that Nintendo Smash game or a Nickelodeon Smash game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, was it Pocket Bravery and God of Rock? Which is like, man, you guys stretched to get five of these. Not that these games are terrible or anything, mm-hmm. but they're certainly not ones that anybody thought at any point was going to win that award. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last year we had a game like Sifu be nominated and win the fighting game category. And like, you know, it makes sense, but at the end of the day, it's not a fighting game. So it's like, why is this even on here? And, you know, I know that, you know, we, we, we have the voting committee and they pretty much decide what's going to be on there. But, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, um, you might as well just say, all right, does this, does this really make sense for this game to be in this category? And then in that sense, that's where it's OK to go ahead and, you know, not necessarily skip it at, at the awards, but, you know, give it the less credit uh, that, that, that it does get. And, and I know we see that all the time. But the thing with the fighting game category, and like it's the case with a, little, with a lot of them as well, is you know it was definitely an arms race between Mortal Kombat One and Street Fighter Six, both of them very deserving. And mm-hmm. yeah, like these guys didn't get to take the stage, and and that's really unfortunate because Mortal Kombat One and Street Fighter Six are not games made every year. You see them mm-hmm. once, maybe twice in a generation if you're lucky. So they deserve their stage time, and like that's something that is a you know a, a common. Um, complain about this year's game awards like it was huge on the announcements um but as far as like the actual awards part which um admittedly you know no one really watches it for it just seemed like it would have been the right decision especially this year when you know we would we had uh the seven thousand layoffs that we've had and Mm -hmm. you know it's really unfortunate that the platform wasn't used and i get it you know there's, there's advertising dollars here um jeff's fighting a losing battle here 
but at the same time like Jeff Keighley also like pretty much uh, shit on Konami after what happened to Kojima who as we all know is one of his best friends so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just tough to see I'm somebody who is always like advocate for the Game Awards as, especially as a big fan of and, and someone that really respects Keeley a lot, but it's 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 tough to say that there was much of a um, uh, much of a moral yet 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 vocal presence because obviously the biggest story of the year is the fact that we had a lot of great games. This is probably the toughest game of the year category we've ever had, but at the same mm-hmm. time, uh, it's also been the toughest for the industry. And we talk about this event celebrating the industry, and I I feel like we really did that. And it's unfortunate because, you know, um, yeah, uh, as I mentioned, this was the first time that I've, I've ever gone to it in person. And the awards and the and the um, the awards and the announcements weren't the best part of it for me. The best part of it for me in particular was the after party where I got to meet so many people that I admire um, in the industry, you know, both in press and in development. Like, you know, I, I got to shake hands with a bunch of people from GameSpot, IGN. Uh, I got to meet Doug Bowser and Neil Druckmann. Like, this was a really awesome experience, especially as someone that's both in the industry and and as a fan. And, you know, like all, all that stuff is just like not even thought of when you think about the Game Awards as a whole. So, you know, the show is like, what, three and a half hours. And um, I just hope that they find a way to address the complaints that came out. And, you know, not, not everything is going to be, be addressed the way they want. Like everybody mm-hmm. has their preferences. Like for me in particular, like JRPGs, you know, deserve to like have... Uh, the people on stage and like i'm someone that wanted uh sea of stars to win indie game of the year which it did but did we hear from anybody no it was just a tweet and like you know it's it's this kind of stuff where that that we really want to celebrate and people are going to say oh dice is better or the the golden joysticks are better or whatever it is but no this is the one that actually has the big platform that it's Mm -hmm. it's it's just tough to see but um overall you know um i do think like the showcase was 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 pretty awesome like if they want to call a holiday a winter game fest uh so be it but you know there, there has to be a better way to represent uh the industry as a whole with both the awards and the announcements um whether or not the advertising dollars matter or not because i get that you know again the the money is there but at the same time these people uh or you know these uh publishers who are buying out this time are also the same people that have done the layoffs as well so i don't really see the harm in you know just mentioning it even like plainly but it is what it is. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. definitely still some presen- presentation stuff that Jeff is going to keep tweaking from year to year. Um, it was definitely weird seeing the like aggressive countdown for the, the acceptance speeches, but the presenters generally got to say whatever for a good bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uh, led to some some weird stuff. Like you got the, the Christopher Judge thing where he's joking about uh, his acceptance speech from last year that became a big meme and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even made a weird, uh, like, milk toast kind of Call of Duty joke that yeah. apparently Call of Duty devs got super mad about. Yeah. Uh, that's just like, man, that wasn't even like a, you know, like a roast or anything. Uh, yeah. There's some people out there that need to cool it a little bit as people are trying to turn into like anti-dev rhetoric and it's like no it's not mm-hmm. um but yeah there's definitely some some work more that uh needs to happen on the presentation stuff but that's the thing jeff always tweaks with each year so we'll see how mm-hmm. that 
does for next year. Um, yeah. yeah. I think what makes it a little bit just more frustrating is the fact that every year, and like this event is like 10 years old now, every year it feels like the first time. And like, you know, you yeah. would think they kind of got it, but it's, it's, it's always a learning process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They definitely got the, the security stuff down so they could see like they had ropes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yep. And dudes hanging out in every aisle to make sure the right people came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever they had that, but yeah, like more acceptance speeches. Let them go a minute. Yeah. Uh, uh, for that, because that's that extra thirty seconds is not gonna do anything. You got enough time for a dumb Gonzo skit where you're jinxing each other, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. And that's not me saying it's a bad bit to have. It's just like you're able to do this, but you know, let the let more devs have acceptance speeches. Uh, even if you know for sure that the uh, the people winning like games for impact or whatever are going to talk about Gaza and Israel mm-hmm. and that's, and it's like, yeah, that's the thing you're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, you can't keep the politics out of this show as much as Jeff wants it to not be a controversial show, but it's like mm-hmm. people are going to get offended by anything if they want to be. Uh, but yeah, mm. otherwise a, a solid show. Yeah. Uh, more fun stuff. Just we're in that weird period where there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that has been announced that is coming out next year, but people don't want to announce dates or anything if they're not sure when. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got some, some wait and do, but the early part of next year is going to be stacked from January to March. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be more stacked than usual. That's uh, going to be super, uh, wild when I get this list done for next week. So, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you to Brandon Danner for joining this week. Uh, Always. We'll be back next week with uh, a new slate of news as we talk about the uh, probably some Fallout stuff uh, from the show and anything else mm-hmm. that gets announced. But we're going into holiday mode where there's probably not going to be a ton announced no. here over the next couple of weeks. So. Uh, yeah. That's why we'll take an opportunity to talk about stuff that'll be coming out next year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, definitely uh, keep your eyes glued to the site. In a couple of weeks, we'll be doing our top ten games of uh, 2023, and it's it, it's really interesting. Like you know, Brandon and I pretty much just spoiled what what our game of the year is. We don't know what Chris's is yet, and like another one guy, another one guy in our staff really really likes Alan Wake. So I don't know what's going to win this year. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff out there too fill up the lists and throw uh, a wrench into what people thought was going to be easy game of the year back in uh, May and June when Tears of the Kingdom came out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, not probably not that much of a guaranteed thing. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's going to make for a fun uh, game of the year here. So, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, for let friends and family know, they should check it out. And yeah. select uh, strangers that uh, also enjoyed stuff in the game awards and yeah. have new games to keep an eye out for uh, yeah. next year. I'll be honest, there was a couple of things that light no fire in particular because you know it's a new Hello Games joint. So, um, but Exodus also looked, um, and of course, having a uh, Black Myth Wukong finally come out that. A big deal. There was uh, there was some good stuff this year. Absolutely, yep. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you have a, a good week ahead. We'll see y'all next time. Have a good one.